as we established, we're all in lockdown and Aaron doesn't have a curfew. <laughs> it's like our parents are more strict. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except for that we have jellyfish parents because they keep changing their minds about if we're in lockdown or not. But same, same here, for sure. <laughs> so, hey, Aaron Woodward. <laughs> How about, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners so they know who we're talking to? I'm sure you're famous all over the world and they already know, but just in case my mom's listening, would she start? Yeah, I am famous all over the world. Absolutely. <laughs> you say my name in any sort of circle and everybody knows me. It's, it's hard to get around. Um, <laughs> my name is Erin Woodward and I am the founder of the Girly Book Club which is an international book club for women. Um, we have in-person meetings, but we haven't met for a very long time in person, but we will do so again one day. And we have 150 chapters with um, over 150,000 women around the world across 15 countries. Yeah, that's me. She's badass. <laughs> well, and then tell us something just about your own person. I am, ah, uh, about me, let's see. Um, I started my career in PR, public relations and healthcare and thought that that was the worst idea ever. And then I decided to go into travel PR because I thought that that must be better. And it was. <laughs> so I worked for a company called Small Luxury Hotels of the World, where I traveled around and um, visited a lot of their hotels. So that was pretty nice. <laughs> um, I lived in London for seven years, and that's where I started the Girly Book Club. And that took me to New York for a couple of years. And then eventually I moved back to Canada when I quit all jobs and started working full-time for the GBC. Uh, I then in quick succession had two children and got married. <laughs> um, I know you don't do this anymore, but I'm curious, what, what does travel PR entail exactly? Uh, it's a very lovely industry where journalists are the ones calling you trying to get stays at your hotels, um, as opposed to you calling up the health reporters at all the various newspapers and trying to sell them a story they don't want. <laughs> so travel PR was much, much more um, exciting because you got to visit the hotels and I mean, you were just promoting them, but it was such an easy thing to promote because everybody that was in travel wanted to stay at the small luxury hotels. Nice. <laughs> Cool. So how did the Girly Book Club come about? How did that happen? Yeah, I was um, living in London um, doing my PR thing and um, I didn't have any friends. And I thought I had moved there for a boy, as you do. I, a boy I met in Africa on safari. <laughs> um, and uh, we decided we would make a go of it, but I had to move to London because it was long distance was very long distance. Uh, so I moved to London and I was there for about a year before I decided, okay, um, this is great. London's like one of the most amazing cities in the world, but it's really kind of lonely when you have a boyfriend that is a corporate lawyer and works like 60, 70 hours a week and you don't know anybody else. <laughs> wow. Okay. So how did you start it? How did that start? So I literally just posted it on that. Like we still use meetup in some aspect in some not aspect, some respect today, but um, I posted it on meetup, um, which was in its like really young infancy at that time. It was just like a new platform. Uh, and I remember posting it thinking, oh, I was looking for a book club. So I looked on meetup to start with and, and I wanted one that was geared towards women because I was looking for a female friendship. And um, I logged on a bit a week later and I had posted my, our first meeting and I had 
all these women had joined and they were all coming to my first meeting. And I was like, hold on, who are these women? <laughs> I just want eight friends. <laughs> Why are there a hundred women in this group? <laughs> and what year was this? So it was, that was 2008. Okay. That was a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, so our first meeting, we had 25 women attend. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was obviously there was a need. Yeah. No kidding. What was your first book? Do you remember? Jodi Pakult. Um, oh, something about a heart. Um, not change of heart. Somebody just asked me this recently. So oh, I really? know, but <laughs> yes, there's a book about a heart that Jodi Pakult wrote and I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when did it go from making friends, having fun to, I need to make this into a business? Well, in 2013, I was, I was still in the UK and I realized that, okay, there's, there's something here. And, um, one of my friends, um, who, who worked in sort of venture capitalism, he decided that uh, I was on to something. <laughs> and, um, so him and I actually worked at it together for a little while, um, trying to figure out how we could, uh, change it, change the business, ch- well, have a business model <laughs> because we didn't have one at all to start with. Um, and so that's when we started charging actually, um, for our meetings, uh, change- <laughs> and we, at that point we had about 15 chapters and taking them from a free sort of meetup to like a paid thing. That was really painful actually, because when you give somebody something for free and then you're like, okay, well this month you get the exact same thing, but you're going to pay for it. Uh, people were a bit like "Mm, no (laughs) but I mean were the fees the same as they are now yeah they never changed so five dollars that was yeah so it's it's five whatever wherever you are so five euros (laughs) five pounds five whatever we thought that 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 made it very accessible. I know like if I went out in London and like spending five pounds was no big deal. So, um, so yeah, we, we've always kept the fees of change the same because we do want it to be as accessible as possible. Yeah. And what's fun, Jen, is, um, anybody that comes and attends the meeting gets their name put in a draw for the next month's book. Oh, cool. Yeah. What is your, what's like the pitch? Like for $5, you get to so they, um, they pay $5 for an event. There is a membership, but uh, it's $5 per ticket. You can still belong to the book club. You can follow along our books. You can read our reviews. You can watch our author interviews. You can attend those live. Like the, none of that costs any money. But, but if you want to go and show up on the night, um, then it's $5 to attend. And uh, I mean, the money goes to running the club, of course. But um, so it's the organization of, of the hosts and I mean the hosts the hosts are volunteers um so but it's it's the whole platform behind having 150 hosts all over the world and making sure that they they have all the information they need that their events are listed on time that everybody knows where they're going when they're going and um, making sure that the books arrive to the hosts and because the hosts get a copy of the book and also they get the raffle book um in advance so it's just I mean it's just keeping the world wheel turning it just, I'm so impressed by this machine that you've created and all the work that it, that must go into it. But I'm curious, like what kind of responsibility each host has? Cause obviously you're getting them all set up, but what is their role aside from being like, hi guys, let's have our meeting. Like, honestly, we have hosts, like there's varying levels of kind of commitment, loyalty, like in involvement. Uh, some hosts want 
to go out and put signs up at their local yoga and coffee places. Great. Some of them want to post in Facebook groups. Some of them want to show up on the night and do nothing else. Um, we, I mean, the, the sort of like draw for a host is it's usually, it's usually an extrovert, not always, but it's usually an extrovert who just loves connecting people, loves being in charge, loves organizing. So they show up or, and, and sometimes it's just, it's just a woman that wants it to happen <laughs> and can't, there's nobody else to do it. So she'll do it. So, but their, their very, very most important job is that they show up on the night and that they're that smiling, welcoming face, because you can't imagine how intimidating, or maybe you can, how intimidating it is to walk into a room full of women that you think, even though this is not true, but you think they all know each other. <laughs> and so literally it's just to be that welcoming face and, and like get them, like, if it, especially if it's a new person and you have a chapter that's been going for a while to make them feel at ease because it's hugely intimidating, um, your first meeting. And a lot of people don't come because of that. So that's the host number one job. Um, we will find, especially like Montreal is a perfect example. It's a big city. Um, we find the funnel for them. They, I mean, in my own life, I have lots of friends, but I didn't have a lot of friends that read. <laughs> so this system provided me with all sorts of bookish friends, which is really nice. Um, because I tried to hold a book club in Toronto before I ever moved to London and I had eight friends, but we, we all got together and I'm like, so guys, what'd you think? And none, none of them had read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the answer for that. <laughs> have you ever been part of a book club that someone else started before? Or did have you just like, what, why book club? Like, where did that come from? I have never been part of a, a book club that worked other than my own. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Nobody's actually ever asked me that, but I, uh, I love to read. I was born with a book in my hands <laughs> and um, my parents, both avid, avid readers. Um, so I think that it just came purely from like finishing a book and having absolutely nobody to talk to about it. <laughs> I actually joined a book club when I first um, I left Montreal when I was eight and I moved back when I was 30 and I had the last time I really spoke French I was eight years old so I was like I will join a book club so that I can like brush up on my French and get used to it again and of course these were like also mostly women at 10 20 years older than I was and very like literally you know very big literary uh fans and so the book they were reading was already extremely complicated to begin with and very deep and, <laughs> and it was an author they all knew really well but on top of that my French was way it's not just that I hadn't used it in years I it, I don't know why it didn't occur to me that I had basically the vocabulary of an eight-year-old when I left. So <laughs> even if my French that I knew then was still perfect, I was completely lost in the book. And then they were just like, so what did you think? And I'm like, oh. You're like, where is my pencil case? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. And I've always liked the idea of 
uh, book club and once tried to go to a book club meeting, but then showed up at the place and no one was there. So I guess even the people who organized it didn't even bother to show up for their own book club. So I sat in the cafe and read by myself. Like, well, when we can meet in person again, you should really give the Montreal chapter um, a try because they are a very, very tight knit group of women and they all love each other and they seem they have a great leader and yeah or Jen you can just join mine since it's still virtual that's true that's true yeah I have a girlfriend in Florida that's she's a nurse so she can't make it to any of the meetings but she's like reading along with us she's just like finish the book it's great maybe one month I can join you virtually we had yeah I started our our club in February of last year. So we had, there was a girl that was supposed to come all the way from Sherbrooke. She was going to drive an hour to come. And like, she didn't oh come since God. it was a big snowstorm. So it was just my girlfriend and I all dressed up and we're just like, ta-da. And then it just turned virtual. And of course, like <laughs> everybody was just trying to figure how we were going to do it. So it was like Facebook messenger, you know, video chat. And that's how we've been doing it since but so Megan how many people are in your group um well because I have the Facebook group so it depends on what month and everything but it's usually just like me and one other girl and the girl from Sherbrooke who reserves but then just never shows I find this fascinating as a person who finished a book the other day for the first time in years like actually finished the entire book and couldn't stop talking about it for three days. And what, not the book, I, I stopped talking about it the day I finished it, but for three days, I was like, I can't believe I finished a book. Like I actually <laughs> finished the whole book. Like I found time to finish an entire book. That's my only thing about a book club is that I'm scared I'll disappoint people by not finding it. Or maybe because I will be scared to disappoint people by not finishing it, I'll actually get to read it. There was one month, I'm trying to think, oh, what month was it? And we couldn't get through it. And so we only got to answer the questions that we could answer. But I was just like, we just couldn't get into it. It just really wasn't our genre. But then like we read- um, I'm so curious now. I'm trying to think- Was it December? Uh, Disappearing Earth? Exhalation? No. Oh, Disappearing or January. Yeah, January. No, neither of us could- uh, we just kept like messaging each other. It's like, no, oh, we're still reading that. <laughs> but then like recursion like happened and that was just like, we devoured that one. <laughs> well, I have like, a, I have a huge pile of books next to my bed that I've started and I want to finish. Okay, guys, I need to know. You even, Erin, you have kids, right? Two. How old are they? not old <laughs> 10 months and two and a half <laughs> and Megan has a full-time job and 633 creative projects she's working on and Erin you have this amazing machine that you have going and probably your own personal projects so I want to know and I bet I'm not the only one what how do you guys actually manage to read a whole book in a month <laughs> we, we probably read more than one I don't know I'm sure Megan reads more than one but I think but I mean, no. To answer your question, to answer your question, it's it's a it's a priority thing, isn't it? I don't I don't I choose books over television. So anytime you have those down moments where you where you have that choice, 
um i choose read to read <laughs> yeah like at work if it's like the 15 minute break in the morning or afternoon everybody's like let's just go veg out in the break room and i just take my book and ignore everybody <laughs> mm -hmm. i just realized it's probably also the timing when i choose to read my it's like when i'm finally in bed like at the end of the day when everything else is done and probably even have already watched tv or whatever and then i crawl into bed and i start reading and then i fall asleep <laughs> sleep, and i can't remember what i read and then the next night i take out my book and i reread reread like that part of the chapter over again i need to do like what you're doing i need to spend breaks in the day when i'm actually lucid and alert and bring your book everywhere. Like I always have a book, like even if I have like an appointment at the doctor's and you know, now half of like most of it is over the phone. If I do need to go in, I know I'm going to get in pretty fast rather than wait my three hours to get to my appointment three hours late. I know I can get through a couple chapters. So I always have my book on me. I'm the only person I know who likes going to the emergency room because that's the only time I can. <laughs> I read and bring like all my books. And now COVID has ruined that for you. You can't just go to the emergency room. You can't hang out. And, well, I should just start doing that randomly after COVID. When they're like, do you have an appointment? No, I don't. I just, I just need a place to read that no one will bother me. So stop talking to me. Before I had kids, I used to be like that. Like walking to work. I worked in a bar. So my days were pretty, my awake time, I was, you know, pretty free. And I remember like being on the bus or walking to work, like literally walking with the book in my hand and people bumping into me. And I'm like, trying to read. <laughs> I expect to get back into less day drinking and more day reading. It's what I need to. <laughs> I see you have a tea or a coffee instead of your wine. He normally has a glass of wine. <laughs> We yeah. normally record in the evenings and we don't oh, record okay. every night. <laughs> Jen's like, oh, I feel attacked, but where's my wine? <laughs> did you ever even, I'm sure you didn't because, or maybe you did, maybe you fantasized about this, but in, when you first started this book club, was there any part of you that had any idea how big this was going to become? It's huge. No, I, I would like to know when you started to realize like this could be something big. Uh, well, in 2013, when we started charging for it, um, I think that's when we thought, okay, hold on, maybe we can make money doing this. Like, I mean, make money. I mean, I've been doing it a long time and I still am not sure that I make money, but uh, we keep the lights on uh, and we keep it, we keep it working. Um, obviously COVID set us back some, but uh yeah. And when we started charging um, and also when, so what happens is in London, the, the ladies would move home and they'd chapter with them or they'd want to, they'd want to start a new chapter of the girly book club. So um, because they loved the idea so much and they loved it in London and it helped them meet friends. And now they were going somewhere else. And especially Americans, I don't, I don't know that Canadians are so much like this, but Americans move States so often. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like we don't move provinces as much as Americans move States. Um, but it's not unusual for an American to have lived in four or five different States in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And every time they move, they need to meet new people and meet new friends. So 
Um, it really, I mean, it works in Canada, but it also works exceptionally in the United States. So uh, a lot of the members that were in London were moving back to different, different places. I mean, we had Australians as well, but we had chapters in like places I never even visited at that time. Like Denver, Colorado was one of our very first chapters, Oklahoma. Uh, I've never been to Oklahoma. Um, and it's because these women were in London with me and then decided to take the chapter home with them. So we had 15 chapters when we moved to a paid model. Um, but we kind of understood at that point that we had a chapter in Sydney, we had a chapter in Denver, we had this London chapter that was like, the London chapter was out of control. Um, so we kind of understood from from that, that this would work in like very different um communities. It would work in any, almost any community and learned even like to Megan's point, like I know the Eastern Township chapter hasn't taken off <laughs> with flying colors yet, but, but a woman came to me I, a couple of years ago and said, I want to start one in Anne Arundel County. And I was like, where is Anne Arundel County? And it wasn't even like, like I knew it worked in Toronto. I knew it worked in the big cities, but I wasn't sure that it worked in, in these suburb type places at, until then. And I mean, she's got a very popular chapter now. Um, so that was kind of like it when it dawned on us that, oh, my goodness, Oakville, oh, my goodness, Burlington, these these smaller like boroughs of big city can also have their own chapters and it can work very well. That was a long answer for a short question. <laughs> I told Jen about on um, one of our previous episodes about the um, little retreat that you had organized. So how do you. Like, are you continuously trying to find something creative to add to the Girly Book Club or just to kind of keep everybody together? Or is it just with Girly Book Club or do you start creating to do different things as well? Well, we always want to keep our our community engaged as a global community because that, that's really special that we have women from literally so many different countries, so many walks of lives. And the other thing is that we accept women of all ages, which is really lovely because a lot of times in your life, you don't have sort of like that community of, I mean, you might have a mother and a grandmother and an aunt, but you don't have that community where um, you have women of all ages that like to read. And, and I've heard from older women that they love having a community younger women too that they get to hear like about social media and TikTok and like all this stuff that they know nothing about so um it's lovely to see sort of those intergenerational um relationships form at the same time with the retreats we only have hosted um host retreats so far and our thinking behind that was to bring our hosts together because um as you'll know Megan like book readers are like their own breed and when you get them all in one room, like something very special happens. <laughs> so when we, we went to Italy last, gosh, not last October, the October before, I guess, um, with a group um, of hosts. And there was like 20 of us. Wow. Uh, we rented a villa in Tuscany and it was just like incredible. It was the most incredible five days. <laughs> wow. um, so that. That we just, after we did one, we just wanted to keep replicating it. And we did one in Arizona and we've done um, a couple in Muskoka, which is cottage country for Torontonians. Um, so, so that is really special. We actually had one on the books for mm, this February um, in Mexico. <laughs> we rented out the entire resort <laughs> and um, we had to, we, we were opening it up to, it was going to be our first actual um, members retreat. 
um, wow. open to our entire community to join join us. Mm -hmm. But but the thinking behind the host retreat was we we only um, charged sort of what it costs for us to put it on. So there wasn't it wasn't a money maker. It was more about bringing our hosts together and having sort of like an added benefit of being a host. Mm -hmm. So what do what would what would the retreat look like? Like how would that play out? We had, um, there was tons of books. You, you walked away. I mean, the one in Arizona, it was crazy because the girls, a lot of them had flown in and they're like, now what? <laughs> what do I do with all these books? Oh, yeah. So uh, we do a lot of book giveaways. Um, we do, we had a, we had a yoga teacher with us and we also had like a self-development, um, sort of guru with us on those. Um, we ate a lot, but we did community cooking and community cleaning. So you were on like a certain team to, to cook dinner that night or lunch. Um, we had bicycles and on a wine tour one day, wow. um, yeah. So it was just, I mean, the girls love just being at the villa next to the pool with like talking to their other hosts because, and, and being like a, a host from Edinburgh with the host from Denver, like, it's just, it's just really special. So Megan, when are you organizing a retreat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely signing up for this book club business now for sure. Sure. <laughs> as soon as she said Italy I was I just saw your face like oh my god <laughs> look it's perfect I'll be able to read at the airport on the plane at the retreat That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah I won't have to go to a clinic or an ER to just <laughs> I, I'm I'm still hoping that we can go to Japan this fall because we've only canceled our trip three times now in a year so oh my gosh trying to get to Japan that's like you had it when was it originally booked for uh last September then we bumped it to February and then technically we're supposed to be in Japan right now so my calendar keeps reminding me like oh don't don't forget you're checking into whatever and you know in Kyoto and I'm like we're not thanks. Uh, annoying that would drive me crazy. Don't forget, you need to be sad right now. <laughs> Pretty much. But with a great long flight like that, you can get through so many books. True. Yeah, it's like a 13-hour flight. So it's, uh, it's a good place rather than the emergency gym. Tokyo is insanely expensive. <laughs> it is fun. It, it's not, though. Like, we were looking at hotels right now, and it's like $45 a night. I don't think hotels are expensive. I just remember the food being like astronomical. Oh, really? Oh. Mm -hmm. I, I think though, so because we were going towards like the restaurants that were catered towards sort of like tourists. Uh, um, and we had trouble kind of finding anything off the beaten path, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> we ate a lot at the 7-Eleven. That is like <laughs> the place to go. It's like we watched so many like, you know, uh, even on TikTok now, it's like, you know, eat for seven dollars at 7-eleven and they just show you like the rice and the hot meals the cold meals you know where you can get your breakfast and it's like jesse and i did that all the time the most expensive thing we bought was cold medication because okay. it was like three times the amount of what we pay but it it, it, it works because they never take <laughs> sick days so it's like they they need to work I was just amazed by how you could go to like 
a store and buy something at a reasonable price and you could go to the store right next door and like they were selling pears for like seven dollars of fruit and then I was like but next door they're like one <laughs> they're just like seven <laughs> like okay <laughs> you know like one of our one of our first days there you know just trying to get through the you know the time change and everything and Jesse buys an apple and we're walking away I'm like you realize you just paid five dollars for that apple and he's like <laughs> no and then he starts like going through it and he's like oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird it's <laughs> Um, do you have any chapters in japan no no chapters in japan well there goes my idea (laughs) doesn't have to buy in singapore first of all megan it doesn't mean you can't have a retreat there and second of all you have time now during lockdown to like try and stimulate somebody over there to to become a host so perfect get to work erin is there something that you like aside from the question I already asked you where you weren't expecting it to turn into what it is but is there anything particular that you really learned from this experience building this community and everything that you can share with us um I think probably that like I would just centers around female friendship um and about um sort of like the richness of life being so much better when you have like I, I had gone without um, my, I have a very good group of friends. Um, I'll, I'll they're all scattered sort of around um, the world now, but uh, not having that community um, was really hard for me. So I think that now I've spent the last, gosh, now how many years? 12 years sort of building communities of women. Um, and it's, that's what we need in our life. And it's a little bit different than men. I mean, I think men need friends as well. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there's just something very special about female and um, sort of leaning into that and and boosting each other up and being each other's biggest sort of, uh, what's the word? Cheerleaders. Mm. I think that that's probably what I learned. I, I always, I had, I think at the beginning, I felt like if I was, if everybody else was going up around me, then there wasn't room for all of us at the top. But mm-hmm. I think through this and through through running the book club and owning a business and sort of that and um, it's helped me understand that like I do I do a lot now for uh, when when my community emails me and needs support like that's always very important to me because yeah we have to be each other's biggest cheerleaders. Um, I think that's amazing that you were feeling alone and then so you in seeking out community end up creating your own community, which grew into you helping others build outside communities that are all part of this one big organism. That's just so amazing. Well, and sometimes I don't think it really, like really hits home on sort of like the impact and it's not, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but more that the GBC has such had such a big impact for so many people. And I mean, when I get those emails, I'm, I'm always like, I, I'm always like almost amazed <laughs> and I don't know why, <laughs> because when a woman emails me and says like, I moved to a new city and I knew nobody. And now I have like the most amazing group of friends <laughs> and like that was down to the book club. And I, and I don't, it's just always, it seems like the first time I've ever hear it, heard it every time I get a new email. So cool too, actually, that if someone is in, you know, is part of a 
a chapter that, as you put it, like in their state or their city, and then they are moving somewhere else. Like that's pretty fun. That that's probably something they they look for. You know, a lot of people when they first move to a new place, they are looking for a school for their kids or a church if their family, you know, uh, follows a faith or. But now you've created this thing too, where, where they can be like, okay, I have to find out <laughs> if there's a chapter of this book club. And if there isn't, then there's opportunity obviously to, to start that there as well, which is very cool. But yeah, I do have hosts that have started like multiple chapters, like just in line with where they move and when they move. <laughs> what I like about it too, is that there's something to talk about other than COVID. Like, cause no matter who you call, like your, your friends or you message them, it's like, How's it going? Good. What's new? Nothing. Surviving, I guess, like working from home, like nothing is, nothing has really changed since we're all stuck where we are, but at least with the book club, you know, you have plenty of questions and it has a bit of a, it gets to get you out of that little rut. Erin, I don't, I didn't say this to you uh, and I don't know if Megan warned you but I actually do have to go teach a workshop so I'm going to leave you guys to continue without me but I also wanted to say before I run away a it was really nice meeting you and b also Megan uh about that and sort of Aaron like tying that in with what Aaron was saying before where she, she it was like just be so nice to have someone else who actually read so you could actually like talk about the book and I think one of the really, my favorite thing about reading is just that it transports, transports you yes, to, to a whole other place. Like you can be in this completely different world, but so cool that all these other people went to that same world as you and you can come together and talk about it. And obviously you all have your, your own imagery and your own experience and your own perspective on it, but you all got to be transported to that same place, which I think is amazing. That's really cool. I'm running away. I'm leaving you guys. Thank you. Nice <laughs> to meet you as well. We're practicing for when we're famous and we're like, I have to go guys. I have like a press thing that I have to go to. But you guys enjoy the rest of the podcast. Um, have an amazing rest of your chat and I'm sorry I won't be here most of it, but uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> so what has been one of your favorite books and least favorite books? Because I know that we vote for them too every month or, you know, as a bundle every three, four months. And I know like sometimes in like the group, in the uh, host group that we have on Facebook and people are like, oh, this genre, hopefully at least this one doesn't get picked, you know? Has there one like that you've wanted to read over or that the club has read more than once? No, um, we read um, authors multiple times, um, but never the same book twice. Okay. Uh, I mean, everybody's welcome to read it twice if they liked it that much. Right. <laughs> um, my One of my favorite books is This Is How It Always Is by Laurie Frankel. Um, and a book that I do not, didn't love is Lily and the Octopus. Okay. I hate to say. <laughs> because <laughs> the author is lovely we we interviewed him and he was wonderful but um I did not I, I don't I'm not a dog book person so. <laughs> and I don't know if you've read it but the dog actually has like is not a happy story <laughs> oh okay it's like the time that I, I I don't know about you do you like reading the book before you go and see the movie yeah absolutely yeah because I did that with Marley and, and sorry this is 
Um, yeah, that's bad. You don't do that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So with books being turned into movies, has there been one that you were quite pleased with where you're like, okay, they got it down pretty well? Most of the time I'm just utterly disappointed, but I do believe the best film or the best book to TV or film adaptation is The Help. Okay. I haven't read the book. I'll have to, uh, very good. That's it. But I've learned to, um, take a couple months off between reading the book and then watching the movie just so. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. But yeah, like there was the, uh, the, uh, the Guernsey, uh, potato oh, yeah, pie. Potato peel. Yeah. yeah. And my girlfriend read it and then watched it and she was really pleased with it. But me, I, I picked it apart way too much. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think- like it. I didn't. I, I mean, the book was very good though. You're right. Yeah. It's hard when the book is so good. It's, I just feel like it's hard to capture yeah. on television and, and you've built it up in your head and you've imagined the characters and then it's uh, never, and, and they have such sort of limited, limited resources when it comes to television. Um, whereas when you write something sort of sky's the limit. Yeah. Is there a book that you would like to see? be turned into a movie oh I don't know probably there's probably tons but I can't really think of one of my the top <laughs> of my <laughs> so other than being a reader are you still on your journey of writing your book yes I am um I my proposal is almost ready to go so nice. I had to write four cha- four full chapters and then I had to write the proposal so I'm I'm still working on the actual like outline for the proposal but yeah, that's interesting as well. Okay. <laughs> it's um, it's hard, hard going. Yeah. So nonfiction. Yes. Okay. No stress whatsoever, so, I imagine. No, I have a very good agent though. So. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> so she's helpful. <laughs> and is there any other projects that you have uh, on the go? Not really. I mean, we're doing an event with Harper Collins um, in a month or two. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. We're really just waiting for in-person meetings to happen again. Um, I don't think they'll happen in Ontario at the very least until probably September. Yeah. Which is hard to believe, but a year and a half later. (laughs) I know. I don't think any Um, of us expected it to be this long. Like I didn't think it was going to be over within three months, but I didn't think we were going to be still here. I think the U.S. will open before we will. They're already talking. There's murmurs there because some states have already called for anybody over 16 to go get vaccinated. So um, I think that once they have to have both shots before I think that you'll actually be able to meet sort of random people in person. Um, So hopefully, hopefully by September, a lot of our chapters will be meeting in person. That'd be so nice. Yeah, I'm ready for it. (laughs) So one thing, I don't know if I sent that to you in the email but one thing that Jen and I always um ask is do you think that you need to be a little crazy to be creative oh I don't know it's a good question I mean I think everybody is a little crazy anyways (laughs) right (laughs) we are crazy in not in like not in like a derogatory way but (laughs) but yeah we all have our little things and um um no I don't think I don't, I think everybody has it naturally in them. And I think maybe if you're ex- have a little bit more than others, then you might be a little bit more creative. <laughs> I'm not sure. 
And are you a creative person? So uh, my creativity is my writing, I would say. I okay. love to write. Um, that's where my creative, I can't play music at all. I can't dance. I have no rhythm. I can't sing. (laughs) There's nothing there. Uh, art painting. No, 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 no. So I wouldn't say I'm hugely creative, but, um, the writing is sort of my creativity. (laughs) Okay. And are you interested in writing anything fiction or you just want to stick to nonfiction? I, I think I'll see how nonfiction goes. Yeah. Um, it's the story I know best. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I write nonfiction very well, and I don't necessarily have the creativity that you need to write fiction. Okay. Um, I don't sit around imagining stories by any means, but I can okay. tell you about my life in sort of an interesting way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've, 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 unfortunately I've done a quite a few eulogies and wedding speeches and stuff, and those always go over very, very well, <laughs> but, um, but that's true to life stuff. It's not anything I've made up. So right. I'm not sure how I would fare in fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then the other thing that Jen and I always ask is, have you done anything creative or crazy, or it could be a mix of two, um, like in the last couple weeks or month or whatever I mean I'm writing my book now so that's been my creative outlet in the last month for sure mm-hmm. um I mean I think it gets like really kind of a little bit crazy in our house all the time because we have two small children and we're all stuck at home <laughs> um we have probably daily dance parties um there's a song from the um television or movie rather Mamma Mia by okay. um ABBA um, that my husband puts on. And as soon as the kids hear that, they all race, they all, they both race to the kitchen and my daughter will start pumping her arms. She's only 11 months (laughs) and my son will grab a chair and climb up and turn on disco lights. Oh my God. That's amazing. I love that. And then he starts like properly dancing. (laughs) So that's, yeah, that's a, that's our crazy. And it has to be the, and it's always mama Mia. It's always this one song, um, and I forget the the name of it. But okay. my husband always says, "Google, turn on this." And as soon as that happens, everything kicks off. Oh my god! I'm just really jealous that you have a disco light that you can just turn on. My husband wanted it for his birthday one year. It's like the craziest thing. <laughs> it's all different colors, and the whole it goes all over the kitchen. And <laughs> well, it's sometimes the small things in life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So mine is a little bit of um, two. I had talked to Jen about it. Um, We had friends buy a house and we went to visit and they're like gutting the entire place. And there was these like ridiculous, like 10 foot long curtains in the kitchen with giant chickens on them. And I was like, do you think they want them? And my husband's like, I can, I can see, I don't know why. And I'm like, well, I think that I can make a dress out of this. And he's like, what? And sure enough, he like brought home a garbage bag and I have like, so now I have like a chicken dress. Oh my gosh. I love it. So yeah, I've seen your photos with your dresses. You're quite a seamstress. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, so that's uh, my, my crazy creative is my chicken dress has finally come to life and I'm really excited. I love it. Well, send me a picture when you have it, um, when you have it on. <laughs> do. Yeah. I'm probably going to wear it to their housewarming party. So awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, my dear, I will let you go, but thank you so much for, for joining us and taking some time out. No, it's been really fun. It's been nice to chat with other humans. <laughs> right. So can you just share where everybody can find you in the girly book club? So if anybody wants to find yeah, us, sure. yeah, they just need to go to www.thegirlywithawybookclub.com. Perfect. And then they can find whatever country they're in. Yeah, they what, just put in their chapter or where they are and it'll it'll show them their closest chapter. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you and have a good evening. Yes, you too, my dear. <laughs> Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. It makes us more visible to other people who don't know that we're out there and it makes our community that much bigger, which is great. If you would like more detailed show notes, you can go to our website, we'recrazycreative.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, which would be super fun and cool, you can go to anchor.fm slash we'recrazycreative. We'd love to hear from you. And maybe we'll even play your message on one of our upcoming episodes. Speaking of hearing from you, you can also follow us on Instagram at we'recrazycreativepodcast. You can find me on Instagram at Jennifer June Chapman. And on my website, jenniferjunechapman.com. For all things vegan, I'm on Instagram, underscore sweetvegan underscore, and on the World Wide Web at sweetvegan.net. How about you, Megan? You can find me on Instagram at author.m.redmile or on Facebook, author Megan Redmile. And you can visit my website at meganredmile.com. And you can also find my books on Amazon. He doesn't stop. He's crazy. He's like a weapon. <laughs> oh, well, I saw the sword yeah. come in that was <laughs> being yeah. waved around. <laughs>